So lesson learned. If something isn't pretty right away, doesn't mean it's not worth anything. It's coming directly from Todd and I. Yeah, like, (laughs) what up? We are the libation cups, baby. That's why we buy the ugly trolls and the pig matadors of the world. Take a flyer. Take a flyer. Hey, roaches. I'm Todd Tondera, and welcome to my thrifting audio diary. I scour secondhand stores searching for interesting artifacts, useful unusuals, trendy trinkets, cool collectibles, good garbage, and all-around helpful items I could utilize in my daily life. My mission is to do all of this while spending the least amount of money. Each week, I invite friends out thrifting with me. We gather a haul, then drag it back to the studio to tell you what we found. I'm sentimentally attached to things you have forgotten. It's time to get thrifty. Hey, who said you could come in here? You could have that uh, pumpkin ale if you want. Oh, I know. You could have. I put it out on the table for you because I tried to drink a pumpkin beer last night, a pumpkin ale. Couldn't get through the thing. No, you've offered them to me like uh, every Somebody, time I've been here for the last three weeks. And Somebody's got to drink this pumpkin uh-uh. ale. So I put it on the table for you to drink in case you wanted it, but you've you've actually brought beer so you don't have to drink the pumpkin ale. yeah it's nice and sunny outside so i made myself a shandy yo uh, somebody come over ale. and drink this pumpkin ale it tastes like 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 it tastes like if you had pumpkin seeds if you put cinnamon on them and then you put toothpaste on them and then you like gargled it up in a cup and then drank it i can't get into pumpkin there's like two good pumpkin beers that are out there and you got to be oh. already drunk to to get into them like, I think that I would be much better off if all alcohols were pumpkin ales. I would drink way less. Be totally sober. Like, if every beer was pumpkin ale, I'd be I'd be sober as hell. You'd just be drinking vodka. Uh, welcome to another weekly edition of Thrifty Podcast. I'm your host, Toddy. I'm here again with my boy, my right-hand man, Josh Last Call Larkin. Um, to start everything out today, I wanted to do something a little bit different. I have what I like to call secondhand shoutouts. I have five secondhand shoutouts today in one episode. Um, the first one will go to Mr. Arm from Trundle Manor for being a part of the thrifty live stream that we did on Tuesday of last week. If you're hearing this on Sunday, go to the Thrifty Podcast page on Facebook. Watch a live stream. It's a whole episode uh, we titled Spookberg, where we had a spooky thrift haul. So that's uh, number one secondhand shout out goes to Mr. Arm of Trundle Manor. Number two goes to my boy, Jake. Thank you for being uh, lending your social media expertise and being my security blanket at the live stream. So we got Mr. Arm, we got Jake, two big ones coming up. And this also comes with not only a secondhand shout out, but a secondhand apology. Uh, Kaylee Hood, Ryan Thompson, we recorded last week and uh, have some def- technical difficulties that sometimes I do or don't have when I record the show because 
I'm no sound engineer. I, I just learn as I go. Fucked up the mic, so we had to to uh, we had to scrap that episode, Josh. Yeah, Ryan and I were basically in a cave uh, through the the whole episode with the audio. Yeah, so they couldn't make it this week. So a secondhand shout out to both friend Kaylee, friend Ryan, and also a secondhand apology. The fifth one for this week goes to new fan of the show Layla, who sent in some nice messages to us. That uh, I shared with the fam. Thank you for being a fan of the show. Yeah, warm my cold heart very much to know. So we appreciate the support. So those were the secondhand shout outs for this week. But how the hell are you doing, Josh? You, you hanging in there? Yeah, things have been good. Uh, I mean, aside from the last episode getting scrapped, I couldn't make it to the live stream. So mm-hmm. I appreciate Jake being there uh, to facilitate everything and keep mm-hmm. things weird and spooky for Spookberg. And I know that when we started this show, we both worked together. And between the two of us now, we have one full-time job. And so I, <laughs> we I, do. And it's, yeah. It happens to be mine. <laughs> it happens to be not mine. I'll yeah. say that. It's not mine, whosoever it is. It's oh. not mine. But I've been um, slowly but surely making sure my hair is less employable. So when I do land that job that I've been applying for, they really like me. They, yeah, they know what they're getting into immediately mm-hmm. upon it. And they're like... Oh, you got some lines now. Yeah, All right. I, got, I shaved some lines into the side of my head. Uh, the rat tail went blonde. Um, I need more hair on top still. I will say I'm, I'm looking forward to the hair on top going a little bit further with it, but we'll see. So as long as I'm in uh, looks unemployed as possible... I'm ready to host this show. Yeah, all you need is just a big furry mustache, and that'll Ooh. really seal the. Because you already have the free floating chops. If you yeah. can do just the free floating mustache, yeah, I'm growing in the middle. I'm I'm growing free free floating chops yeah. that aren't connected because there's no hair on the side of my head. So I was like, this would be a perfect time to grow my sideburns. In. If you get a mustache, it'll just look like Orion's belt made out of fur across your face. That's the fucking <laughs> bit I should go for. I just want to meet somebody in person and they go definitely doesn't have a 40 hour week job <laughs> that's the look i'm going for and i've been succeeding at it but thanks everybody for listening and uh again thanks for everybody who participated in the live stream this week our thrift haul actually is a combined piece over the past year um we have a lot of newspapers we're going to be getting into today um thrift tales are going to take us outside of the united states and the second act of the show with the eBay alert, we're actually going to be looking into vintage cars in honor of Burt Reynolds. So that's something to look forward to. But right off the bat, uh, something that I actually got at a yard sale with Josh. I don't know if you remember the release of this, but on cassette, which is uh, blue, it is Marilyn Manson's Mechanical animals Ooh, i do remember the release of it and i was never uh like a, a manson fan on the music i mm-hmm. was always a manson fan of the controversy and Hell the yeah. way that he drove old white people insane mm-hmm. always envious of that and one of the biggest unproven rumors of our time we both know what i'm going to say here it's the ribs it's the ribs did marilyn manson cut his ribs to self fellatio himself we don't know uh, Marilyn himself has said he hasn't done it, but everybody that's around our age grew up knowing that in grade school, but who knows where it started? Yeah, it, it, the two rumors of Marilyn Manson is that he is, you know, two ribs down so he can suck his own dick, mm-hmm. and that he's Paul Pfeiffer from The Wonder Years. Yeah, I, I forgot about that one. That's a real one, too. Yeah, those are the two, and... 
unproven rumors for Marilyn Manson. Um, but I, I like this because this case is a, a, it's a clear blue, a clear dark blue. The tape is like traditional, your clear white um, tape in the back. But what's super cool about this, it does have some B-sides on this as well. Um, I know in particular, um, growing up with the, the song The Dope Show. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if any of my friends from grade school listened to this, but um, I doubt it. Because, like, why would you be friends with me for that long? But I, one time in a talent show, I had covered The Dope Show. In a grade school talent show, yes. you covered, Mar- like, fourth, fifth grade? Ooh, probably uh, like seventh, sixth, seventh, something like that. Okay, so I was picturing you as like an 11-year-old rather mm, than like a little bit like older. Like 12-ish, I bet, 12-ish. Okay. Um, I had a, a banging-ass bowl cut. Um, now, what this, what this was was our science teacher wanted us to create our own science songs based on songs that we knew. So, like, um, Jingle Bells was a popular one. So people in a group would be, like, dashing through the cell to see the nucleus, like that type of stuff. (laughs) And Mr. Kilmeyer recorded these on, like, a a VHS camcorder, like, on the shoulder camcorder. And I did the dope show. Um... So I, I had a, a bit of an alternative flair early in life, um, but I did uh, we are we are cells now in the tissue, and that was the the, the hook. So, um, but I actually didn't get in trouble for that because only half the people in the room knew of Marilyn Manson. One of them was my teacher, though. I was gonna say, was Mr. Kilmeyer hip to the song that you were doing? Yeah, and so I did the Dope Show by Marilyn Manson. I would love, I mean, there's no way it's anywhere. Mr. Kilmeyer, if you're listening to this show, if you find this down the road, yeah, it's me. It's me, the the kid that used to kick out of class for piercing his own ears. I'm back, baby. I'm better than ever. See, if you were one of those people who swung back through middle school as an adult, if you were one of those weirdos, Fuckers, yeah. you could probably just be like, hey, uh, you have the, uh, the class of whatever that was, 97, you know, uh, like uh, our tapes. Yeah, we were just talking about like the weird nostalgia that that white people seem to like always want to like insert themselves in before we recorded. That would be one of them. There is those folks that go back like, and this was my this was my room. This was Miss Schaffstall's eighth grade classroom. I can't even tell you how many teachers I don't remember their names mm-hmm. from school. Like I remember like my fourth grade teacher, Mr. Mix, mm-hmm. who told me that I would never be anything because that always stuck with me. Yeah. But for the most part, most of them like fell by the wayside. And I like remember my favorites, mm-hmm. but I really struggle. And all my yearbooks got ruined in a flood. Yeah. Which really helps rid me of any nostalgia for high school. Yeah. So that's uh, floods, you know, uh, despite popular delete- belief, Floods sometimes help people move on. It's good to get rid of a lot of that shit. If you think that your fires best days aren't always bad, uh, yeah, m- most part. I mean, fires. I mean, you can, you know, yeah. A flood is a, usually a contained basement issue. Yeah, you know? sure. Did I, did I say on the show about how my apartment almost caught on fire? I don't or know. If it did catch on fire. Not your apartment. The no. apartment your apartment is attached to caught on fire. Yeah, I live in a duplex. I live in the 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 downstairs of a duplex, and I got a text by one of the young ladies who lived upstairs, and it just merely said, 
it's Molly, fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji. And I was supposed to th- know that that was actually meant that the building's on fire. Three fire emojis means it's lit. Four fire emojis means it's lit. It's literally <laughs> on fire. <laughs> so, um, but apparently there was a, a, I heard the story from like three, four different people. So I can't even tell you. But what I assumed happened is somebody knocked over a candle on a kitchen table. The candle lit, uh, the table lit up. And then somebody tried to put it out put the fire out and whatever they threw on it made it worse so instead of like working towards ending the fire they actually just escaped and let the table burn and that's when they texted me like Got it's a t- molly fire emoji fire emoji fire emoji they gave up on the fire small bonfire so it was i guess it was fixed in the end because we are still coming to you live from the same apartment of that so i think it, it all ended up okay. no holes in the ceiling yeah no mm-hmm. like visible you know fixed s- it smoldering or smoke smells mm-hmm. speaking of smoldering speaking of smoke smells um we're gonna hop into my newspaper collection and the reason why we're going to start here is I'm not 100% positive, but I think last year we did do a September 11th episode. I was going to say, are you using smoldering and smoke smells to segue to a 9-11 bit? I am, yes. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, that's that's where I went with it. But I have collected different newspapers from estate sales, from Goodwill outlets, stuff like that. And um, it's it's going towards the end of September, and man, it felt weird not to mention 9/11, a uh, very American holiday. We've made so much money on this this shit. You can't, yeah, you're never allowed to hashtag never forget. So, as fans of the show, I don't want you to forget it either. So, I actually collect 9/11 papers, and I'm gonna bust a few out uh, here today. Uh, the one I'm less proud of is the one I'll go over first. It's from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette from Friday, September 14th, 2001. And I did get this as an estate sale, actually, in my neighborhood. Um, so this is the paper where they have confirmed that the searchers have unearthed both black boxes from the 9-11 New York planes. Uh, flight data recorder may hold clues to suicide flight, is what they called it at the time suicide flight we weren't even on the terror i think we had some another day it'd be another day yeah before we called it terror 72 hours it's still suicide plane a suicide flight came into new york um but it does say that that the bullet points on here hopes dim for 4700 missing u.s fingers bin laden so we were all all away pointing at uh, uh, osama bin laden for this and um, it, it was a shame because this was also the week that football stopped, Josh. No no kneeling for the flag this no. week in the NFL. So there was no kneeling, but it, it's as it's, it's big as hell. Delay of games, uh, again, from Friday, September 14th, 2001. This is when they announced that there would be no football on Sunday. And it just says the NFL decides to take a week off. Um, Paul Tagliabue says decisions on rescheduling date will happen soon, but he feels as though that it is un-American to have football go on any further, and that's why in a few years later he would be fired, because of course football cannot be stopped. You can't stop football. No, wrestling didn't stop. Wrestling was on 
you know, even sooner than football. Wrestling was on, you know, the Thursday yeah. afterwards, you know. Vince McMahon's not fucking around. He's no. a true American patriot. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was this the wrestling that uh, the wrestling show that aired was after 9-11 was the biggest um, kind of like community, like the the most people in attend the, the, mo- the biggest majority of like a sports show since the towers fell. The it most ha- xenophobic wrestling show ever. If you thought that like the international, you know, brown characters got booed on a regular basis. Yeah. This was a peak moment. Yeah, it, it was a peak moment in time that the, the single largest gathering is the word I was looking for. Gathering of humans in one area for sports was WWE SmackDown. Yeah, there was no football that week, so that takes the record for attendance that week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the paper that I'm most proud of, of the 9-11 papers that I have, I have three in total, but this is my the proudest one, because this is actually from Tuesday, September 11th, 2001, so it is literally the day of the attacks. The late edition. The late edition, and what is interesting about this piece of paper here is this was released on the same day that the towers fell. So during the day, during the actual time of what was going on, they were already writing their pieces. So it is filled with misinformation, which it's still to this day not a lot is clear about some of the stuff. Um, it does say, and this was actually from the Pittsburgh Tribune, and it says under the attack, under attack, and it has both buildings on fire in New York. And it mentions, uh, since we are from Pittsburgh, it mentions the U.S. the the at the time the USX Tower, which is now the U.S. Steel Building. Yep. But the USX Tower, the tallest building in downtown, was evacuated evacuated, and city officials opened the emergency operations center. So they thought possibly that a plane was coming towards Pittsburgh. They thought this a lot of places that had different headquarters of places. People were going to, oh, they're going to get us because we have the headquarters of this. And mm-hmm. I remember where I grew up, people were like, oh, they're going to get us because we're a main thoroughfare I-80. And I'm like, mm. why does anybody give a fuck about Brookville, Pennsylvania? Nobody cares about I-80. Like, yeah. uh, every, I mean, everybody was afraid. There was a lot of fear-mongering. Mm-hmm. And I went to college uh, in 2002, right after the attacks. Yeah. I started school. And my college was directly next to the airport, and my mom almost shit a brick going to visit the school with me because Damn. that was right after 9-11 that yeah. I was touring schools. And I guess, in all fairness, in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, which is about, what, like three hours out of Pittsburgh proper, something like that, in Somerset County, the plane accidentally went down there. So I, I think a lot of Western PA folks were like, oh, no, it's coming for us because a plane actually – fell from the sky in Shanksville, PA, which they did a memorial there too, so they made some money on yeah, it. Yeah, they've turned it into like a big tourist trap nowadays. So, the, rather than a tragedy, it's a, I mean, you can go and it's very much like the the Vietnam Wall where you can like sketch yeah. the names and things like that where if you were related or you were close to somebody, understandable, but if you're just, you know, doing take some- take pictures and take selfies, which people still do at the 9-11 memorial. And it's like, God, that feels weird. I just, I don't understand the need to to do that, to include yourself in the tragedy. Like, you can just take a picture of it mm-hmm. and say, I went and saw this, and this is the picture sure. I took. 
we believe you. You don't have to put yourself in the frame. Yeah, and and I think I've mentioned this to you to Josh off mic. I have a lot a lot of friends in New York, and they weren't casually going to the nine eleven memorial. But when I would go to New York, people were like, I want to go to the memorial just to do it, and I don't want to go by myself because I'm not wasting a day. So I actually went uh, like three to four New Yorkers. We went. I went to the memorial three to four different times as their first time to the memorial. So I was like their 9-11 memorial buddy. You, even as like the tourist, are the expert on the memorial for everybody you've ever gone with. Yeah, so I would, I would kind of do that. Um, one of my good friends, we went to the Statue of Liberty the first time because he had never been to the Statue of Liberty. Because that's another thing. If you live in New York, you're not taking the day to do this. You know, just like in, in Pittsburgh, uh, the famous sam- sandwich like Permanis, you're not going to Permanis and eating by yourself. Right. It's, it's if just you, a weird thing to if do. If you live in New York, your chances are you're not you're grabbing working, Cat's Deli every day. You know, it's a yeah. touristy kind of spot. You know, it's like when the incline in Pittsburgh, I would ride yeah. that every day just to get to and from work. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of tourists on it enjoying it and going wee and we see it differently depending on where you are with things yeah and would you call that i remember once upon a time i got in trouble for calling this like the cape i called it a cable car that goes up and down mount washington in pittsburgh no a cable car is suspended it's a funicular a funicular yeah Uh, a cable car is where the car is suspended from a cable where the car sits on top of the cable is so this is more of a funicular it's a funicular i remember when we worked together and i was on the phone talking to a student and i called it a cable car and that's when you turned around you're like not a cable car but you know go on not a cable car (laughs) Don't say that. (laughs) Not a cable car. That's not what it is. Uh, Yeah, because like the cable cars are like you know like the Swiss Alps and and that kind of shit. Those are cable cars. Fair enough. Um, To to deep uh, to to get deeper into my newspaper collection, I'm not going to talk about all of them because we just did a football episode. But the oldest paper, well, the second oldest paper that I probably have here is the exclusive PFW Super Bowl coverage of Super Bowl 13. Um, also I have, and this was actually my latest edition here. Um, this is a paper from 1992. This is, uh, Pitt's victory, uh, Pitt's 101 to 82 victory. Um, this also talks about rocket Ishmael. Could you see the rocket in black and gold? And right on the front cover here is legendary Buffalo Bills quarterback, Jim Kelly. And it says Bills pull snow job. And that's the best type of job where they had beat the Dolphins 44 to 34. Jim Kelly. 34 for the Dolphins in the snow. I mean, they couldn't pull the snow job. Jim Kelly's pulling the snow job. Mm-hmm. 34 points for the fish Not in bad. the snow. Not bad. Um, and the two papers that I think I've mentioned on the show once upon a time, but since we were doing newspapers, I, I busted them back out. And Josh, of course, that you know, one of my prized possessions, one of my favorite thrift finds that I have in all the times that we've went out, I got this um, uh, at an estate sale. Um, this is Apollo Races Toward the Moon. And this is the Apollo mission that reached fucking space. Yeah, the one that got there. Mm-hmm. And this was uh, from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Thursday, July 17th, 1969. It's in incredible condition for how old it is, too. And when newspapers, we know, gets older, gets more flimsy, this is yeah. still kicking it. I love the Photoshop picture on the front of that, too, with the, the astronauts with the rocket already behind them yeah. and the moon in it. Like, 
Yep. This is why people think that Kubrick faked the moon landing is because they took promotional shots like this that were all cobbled together. And Frankenstein them together, which is my current art form. So <laughs> this this very much like if this was colorized and had, you know, like some some text across it yeah. would fit very much in the 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 wheelhouse. Yeah. Um the the men and the moon, this triple exposure shows the Apollo 11 crew, their rocket as it blasted moonward yesterday and their target, the moon. The three exposures were made on the same sheet of film to create this montage. First, a photo of the astronauts posing in their spacesuits was photographed. Then the moon was photographed two weeks ago. Finally, the liftoff shot. So, yeah, exactly. It was kind of Frankenstein together and made into one piece. And as somebody that has a photography degree that I barely use... I know how that's done. You got to take, yeah, four weeks to make a Photoshop image, basically. (laughs) Back in the day, that's what you had to. Um, But the oldest piece of newspaper that I have, um, and this time I'm not going to do it because every time I touch it, it falls apart a little more, and I should just leave it alone and not pick it up. But you know what? Got a show to run. (laughs) This is from the the St. Louis Post-Dispatch Daily Magazine from Friday. May 7th, 1937. This is the destruction of the Hindenburg at the instant of the first explosion. So you see the Hindenburg fucking exploded on the front. Yeah, this is before it started to do the downward descent. Yes. This is like, you know, the the Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin. It's very much that shot of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And th- this was the time that we were looking into having airships as being a, a a mainstream look at transportation. Yeah, that was the big hype at this point in time was, you know, you could get coast to coast. You could travel mm-hmm. around. They were very luxurious. They had dining cars. They were almost like opulent, you know, sky trains. Right. They had little dining areas and you could rest and relax. You could take a nap. While you, you know, traveled around or you could explode. You could explode. In this case, the Hindenburg did because this was the the major airship that they were saying, you know, take a look at this. This is the future. And then the future went up in flames, which we would see later on in history. Yeah. And I mean, Germany was really good for that in the 30s, uh, you know, and this was named after the former leader of Germany Mm -hmm. prior to the current leader at that time. So, yeah, it all kind of went down in flames. But that is literally... I believe I probably I probably have some books older because books could be old as hell and still hold up. Mm-hmm. So all the collection of books that we probably both have while thrifting older than that, but actually as like a, a physical piece of like something bigger than a book, I think I'd be correct in saying that this is the oldest piece that I have in my home. Yeah, I think you're pretty spot on with that. I think the radio is probably close. 1947. But yeah, mine is, uh, I have a book from 1857 that yep. I got thrifting. That's my my oldest. 1857, yeah. It'd be hard-pressed to, I may or may not, because I have so many books, so they could be. But as for like a physical piece, yeah, the, the Rhapsody radio that we have was from 1947. This is from 1939, but 1857. Yeah, it's a, a book I bought for a dollar. Um, it's not in the greatest shape, mm-hmm. but it has a legible like inscription from father to son mm-hmm. on the front cover. Um, and it's you know it's just like and it's you know it's it's old timey, so the words aren't spelled 
exactly yeah. right because the education level is not there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a pretty rad little book. It's got um, nice uh, like press plate printings. I forget what those are called mm-hmm. uh, for the images in it, and some of those have held up. That's There's awesome. a little water damage, but it's still in pretty good shape. Yeah, I, did you get that the last time we were out when you got like that old racist book? No, uh, I didn't actually buy that at a Goodwill. I bought that at a used bookstore. Oh, still um, counts. Yeah, it was tucked away. It's uh, you know the Pittsburgh Institution Ides. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah, I got it in Ides uh, section. It was kind of tucked into some stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, so that would probably be the oldest thing that we at least talked about on the show, I would say. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a, that's my newspaper collection. And again, I even have a couple of more, but th- those were uh, the, the big pieces that I wanted to bring out to introduce those to you today. Um, switching gears here, um, if you are a new listener to the show, the segment that I'm about to go over, uh, this talks about different thrift stories from all over the globe or even at home where people find odd objects, something comes of them, stuff like that. We like to call this Thrift Tales. Thrift, thrift, thrift. Thrift, thrift, thrift tales. This thrift tale comes from Sydney, Australia. Going down under. Going down under. And of course, we have learned in the canon of the show what they call secondhand shopping over there is opportunity shopping. Op shop. Op shop. So they go they go to the op shop. And this particular piece that a gentleman found who wanted to be written uh remain anonymous he purchased what they call a libation cup and a libation cup is often something that is like given to a deity or a god and it's covered in like basically cornucopia guts so there's like fruit grapes all kinds of like leaves and shit on it so he took a flyer on it because he he thought that it it, it could be a, a cool thing and he got it for four dollars originally and um, so he actually had a friend who was a specialist in Asian art by the name of Ann Roberts. So I guess at the time, if you had anything that, uh, like any type of Asian artifact or anything like that from this period, you go to Ann Roberts. Imagine Australia is a land of limited experts. Yeah. Because you're self-contained. So you know Ann, probably. Yeah, you're like Ann down the road, you know. Mm-hmm. 70% of your country is uninhabitable. Yeah, so if Anne, you're still out there, let's let's give it a go. And Anne took a look at this and congratulated the man because he not, not that he knew what he had found, but he kind of felt like it was it was cooler than maybe four dollars was worth. It was actually discovered to be an 18th excuse me. It was actually discovered to be a 17th century Chinese artifact made from rhino horn. So illegal and expensive. Illegal and expensive. So that price is going to go up. And um, though it was purchased for $4, Ann Roberts wasn't surprised as the artifact on the shelf wasn't what they call immediately attractive. So lesson learned. If something isn't pretty right away, doesn't mean it's not worth anything. It's coming directly from Todd and I. Yeah, like, (laughs) what up? We are the libation cups, baby. That's why we buy the ugly trolls and the pig matadors of the world. Take a flyer. Take a flyer. We're not the worst that could be out there. So they bought this for $4. It wasn't immediately attractive. But guess what, folks? It was. It it, It did come to be something pretty cool. Um, it was actually engraved, and it was engraved uh, with magnolia, 
and also the the prunus that I that I mentioned before, and that's like the cherries, the nectarines, the plums, the cornucopia stuff. The man sold the cup for sixty thousand four hundred dollars. So that's what we call a good ROI or return on investment. The four hundred was just for Anne. Yeah. Like, Thanks for coming to my house today, Anne. Here's four hundred bucks. I got this covered now. That's a good question. How much do, does this gentleman owe Anne? Probably a good bit. I would say ten to fifteen percent. Yeah. So four hundred. If you were Anne, would you take take four hundred? I mean, they were already friends to begin with. Yeah. So it's not like it was a professional service provided. Sure. It was like a hey, come over, have a beer, mm-hmm. check out this cool weird cup I bought. Yeah. So it, for an example, how I know like uh, Halloween decorations. If you were like, hey, check out this Halloween decorations, and I lifted it up, and it's in Norfolk, Virginia from 1967, you knew me, so you don't owe me more than $400. No, and I think it's to be fair with that. Like, when I got the Weird Al record, and I was just like, hey, Ryan, I found this Weird Al record, and he's like, oh, shit, that's a rare Weird Al record, and I was just like... Do you want it? Here you go, brother. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you can have it. Like it's cool. One of our second hand shout outs for today. Yeah, second second hand. Ryan Thompson. Love you, brother. Well, that was it for the first act. Uh newspaper. Uh we had uh, some op shopping from Sydney, Australia. Uh talked a little bit about Marilyn Manson. When we come back after commercial break, we're gonna hop on eBay where something that we're gonna be talking about is dead Burt Reynolds related. See you after the break. And in the Children of Riff segment tonight, we continue our reporting on the corrosive effects of the popular music world on some American children. Marilyn Manson has sold almost 5 million records since 1995 and has delivered some shocking concert appearances. I talked with him last Wednesday, and one day later, authorities in Michigan issued a warrant for his arrest for lewd conduct on stage. Manson denies it, but there is no denying that he is a strange and some say disturbing force in the pop world. And I'm a black rainbow, and I'm an A-plus god I got a face that's made for violence and pawn And I'm a teen distortion, survived abortion What's your message? What are you trying to get across in the lyrics to these songs? It's always about being yourself and, and not being ashamed of being different or thinking different. Um, I try and take everyone's ideals, common morals, flip them around, make people look at them differently, question them so that uh, you're not always taking things for granted. All right, noble. But why the bizarre get-up? I mean, why the eye? Why the nail polish? Why the Satan stuff? You're a minister in the church of Satan, right? No, not necessarily. That, well, was, that, mean, was, that was something uh, earlier. I, no, no, no. It was a friend of mine uh, who, who's now dead who was uh, a philosopher that I thought that I learned a lot from. Um, and that was uh, a title that I was given. So a lot of people made a lot out yeah, of it. Yeah, but I mean, look, if you're a reverend it's not in the a real church job. of Satan... I didn't get paid for it. But why, if you want to get those kids those lonely kids and you want them to be able to be creative Mm -hmm. and burst out of that why the bizarre presentation which can be misinterpreted I think everybody's got a presentation everybody looks a certain way because they want to convey a certain image you look a certain way because you want people to listen to you in a certain way are you uh, an exhibitionist I'm kind of shy, and I think that I take that out by performing in front of a lot of people. That's how I get out my shyness. So, but you've some done some pretty bizarre things on stage. I mean, they tell me that you uh, engaged in a sex act with another man, and 
in a stage in Miami. Is that true? To a certain degree. To a certain degree. It wasn't uh, so much a, a formal sex act. No one was aroused. Sick. We're back from break. We did some little reminiscing of, of some football memories in uh, off time. And how many how many pins do you have in your knee? I have two pins in my knee. Two big ones, probably. Uh, no, they're fairly small. They were supposed to actually work their way out of my knee, mm-hmm. but they never did. And actually, if you look at my calf, mm-hmm. see this weird little dot right here? Yeah, I can my, see it. It's a lump. Uh-huh. That's one of the, the pins. Heads. It's one of the pins that was supposed to come out, and it's stuck in my calf. Not right now, but at some point I will feel that. Yeah. Not right now, though. It's uh, it's it's just. I mean, it's it's a little hard, but it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a weird little lump that's in my leg. It's always been there. Well, saved me from sports, and that happened when that was when you were younger. So that wasn't even like big boy. No, that was uh, yeah, I was like thirteen. That Jeez. happened. Uh, hyperextended my knee, and uh, I got carted out of the game, mm-hmm. and uh, went to the hospital days later. Mm. Um, and then they're like, "Yo, how are you walking?" You're like, the best as I can. <laughs> yeah, and then I had surgery. Uh, I was in rehab for the better part of a year after my knee surgery. That's like a long-ass time. It that. sucked, yeah. I was on crutches for nine months. Mm-hmm. It was awful. And to segue this into the exact segment that I want, a lot of the times when people are hung up on injuries, they're on their computer a lot. And these days when people are on their computer a lot, they're on eBay.com, the website. Pretty good, right? That yeah, wasn't bad. That was, like, that was a much better segue than smoldering. Yeah, smoldering was good. This was okay. But we're going to jump into a segment we like to call eBay Alert. eBay Alert. If you're new to the show, eBay Alert, we uh, kind of uh, pinpoint different items that are trending upward on eBay.com, the website. Maybe items that were recently listed, but we want you to go out there, take a look at them, and if they're in your budget, maybe throw a bid towards them. Um, so I like to pay attention to trends because sometimes I do secondhand selling, so it's good to see what people are buying, what people are not buying. Uh, on our last episode proper, not the um, not Spook- Spooksburg, but the episode before that was when we were recording together. I had made a bid on an original ABC Sports, um, I guess you could say tapestry, that was in the Pontiac Silverdome in Detroit. I had threw, like, I forget what it was, but it, it I threw like 20 bucks or something at it, or 18 bucks, and I said that would be my limit. Well, I did not win, because it went for like 60-something. You tried, though, and that's the important thing with eBay. You've got to roll the dice. Mm-hmm. I just happened to win an item where I was the only bid. On... Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about that on next week's show. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to give a little tease. Something I've always wanted uh, has been purchased and will appear next week Mid-90s, from eBay.com. you could make them fight each other. We're going to do it live on the show. Yeah. Live on the show. Hint, they fight each other from the mid-'90s, and you fucking love them, Roaches. You'll love them. Um... So this week when I was looking at trends, I had noticed uh, a slight discrepancy in the amount of items that were going up that were under one category. Um, So how much would you think, and we're talking about how much would you spend on an item that you would really want on eBay? Like Uh, you really wanted it. If I really want, I mean, yeah. this item that I just purchased, I've always wanted, and so, I spent okay, so twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. Uh, but depending on the item, I mean, I would pay. The rarity, n- I guess, is in yeah, there. Yeah, never what it's worth. 
um, but yeah. always under. That's good boy. Good boy. Yeah. That's the correct answer. Yeah, I'm never going to pay what it's worth. Absolutely not. Well, um, in, in this case, there was a recent trend, and I do believe that it has to do with the death of Burt Reynolds. Now, I have never bought a car on eBay.com, the website, but apparently that's what's trending right now. Um, the, the Pontiac Trans Am from the 70s, there's a bunch on there right now, and they're going for a lot of money, or as people like to say, they're going like hotcakes. Because Smokey and the Bandit car, the Bandit has now passed on, mm-hmm. and so there's an uptick in people going, well, now's the time to capitalize on my Smokey and the Bandit car. Yeah, Burt Reynolds will be forever the Bandit and speeding away in his black and gold Pontiac Firebird Trans Am. While none of the original room rooms used in the film survive, Trans Ams from the 70s have become the number three collector item people have been typing in the search bar. And I taken a, I've taken a look at uh, three vehicles that are that are actually all still there. So nobody has purchased these. So if you're a bit of a, a high roller roach, as I'd like to say, maybe throw a bit on one of these classics. Um, the first one we're going to take a look at. Um, it's a 1971 Pontiac Trans Am. It has 33,600 miles on it. Now this is actually a, a blue coupe. So it's a little bit different than... So you got to put a little extra into it if you want the real bandit. Exactly. And this was found in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, what is uh, immediately cool in comparison to the other Pontiac Trans Ams out there, it's actually pretty low mileage considering. So though it's not black, it is blue and it is cool. And the mileage super low for, I guess, a car of this kind. It validates that people in Nebraska don't ever experience anything outside of Nebraska. No. And this is this is from a, a private dealer. And it's only going for about $70,000. Only about 70000 That seems a little, a little high for a blue one. Uh, yeah. So the next one on the list is actually my favorite. Uh, the reason why this one's my favorite, because this is not a private seller, and it's not like a, a, a bigger seller either. It's actually just in someone's driveway. So this is somebody's just like collector item that they've put a lot of time in. And the descriptor words of what you see, you could see there's a lot of love that goes into this. Um, but this is actually a Pontiac Trans Am from 1977. It has the original black paint and tires. This is in Boston, Massachusetts, and the license plate reads extinct. X-T-I-N-K-T, extinct. Oh, with the K. Yeah, so it is a, it, it's a cool man's car. Um, that's for certain. And this one only is about $40,000. See, that one, I mean, you've, you've got different types of collectors, you know, mm-hmm. for anything, but especially with cars where you've got, like, the show pieces where they just sit and admire mm-hmm. or you actually, you know, drive it and play with it. It's like people who collect action figures, whether they take them out of the packaging or whether they're still in the packaging. Yeah, it's different. And I, as a collect, uh, collector of action figures, I do a little bit of both, I think. I think the stuff, for example, say I had a toy when I was a kid, which I obviously opened and played with. If I find it as an adult, I just leave it in the package because it's already had a life outside the package in my own brain. You had to, you've gotten the experience outside the package, right? Yeah. If you have two, absolutely that makes sense. But mm-hmm. even I'm, if I lost the first one, like it's it's two in my lifetime. 
Yeah, you've gotten the chance to, to use it out of the package. Right. So I usually take those out. But if I didn't have them as a kid, I just I straight up just open them. So I, I want to have one lifetime with the figure. If I've already had that lifetime, then the second one I get, even if I lost the first one, I'll keep it, keep it in the box. So with this car, this one has a little bit of use to it, but this was like a private piece from somebody's collection that maybe now's the time they're looking to, to get rid of it. Um, but yeah, again, that was a 1977 Pontiac Trans Am original black. And that's why, yeah, it's only 40 grand. So you roaches out there, put a bid on that. Tell me if you got it for sure. Absolutely. Um, next up on the list, it's actually the most pricey vehicle on the list here. Um, this is also a 1977 Pontiac Firebird Trans Am black and gold 2D coupe. But this is from like a, a bigger, a, uh, a bigger seller. This is from Empire Exotic motors and that's where a lot of different bandit cars are out there they have a lot of different ones but this is actually the closest to the original bandit car that i could find um so i went ahead and made an offer on this car was it the you know like 90 grand obo and you're like why the hell not yeah so this was going for eighty nine thousand seven hundred and seventy seven dollars oh I was very close. So I went ahead and threw an offer of 2600 bucks with a smiley face emoji, and I've waited to hear back since, have heard nothing. You should do that, contact the seller, and just give them another smiley face emoji, mm-hmm. and just, just a question mark after the smiley face emoji. Mm-hmm. I thought 2600 they could that could be an offendable amount, but I thought with the smiley face emoji, they would kind of look at it and be like, rrr, rrr. aww. Oh, well, at least he's... He's he's poor but happy. I'd <laughs> give him it for twenty six hundred bucks. Yeah. I have since not heard back. Um, who knows why? But I thought to communicate in smiley emojis or emojis in general could be the wave of the future. Considering the upstairs neighbors lit their apartment on fire and said there was a fire with an emoji. So I want to I want to flip that page and communicate in emojis now. See if they work. Yeah. Just give them the little smiley face. Did you? It was only one. You should have given them four so that they know. I will. And you're literally it. happy. I will redo it. I will send one with at least three emojis, and hopefully, I get that back. But all three cars are still on eBay.com, the website. Take a look at those. Uh, you could be your own Burt Reynolds, as I, as I've always said. All um, your yeah, but you were already talking about growing the mustache. Mm-hmm. All you need is a Trans Am from the '70s. Pretty much, and I'd like to spend a special shout out this week to Steve from Bluffs for Alternate Reality, the theme to our show for many reasons. Obviously, for Josh coming back here, um, since we've come back from our hiatus, I think you've been on all but one episode, just the two of us. Yeah, I've been even the ones that haven't made the stream. Trying to go strong. I know uh, this time last year we were about 10 episodes in to Thrifty, and I think I had been a part of like eight or nine, so I'm trying to keep the streak going. It seems pretty good. Um, coming up here to a, a quick announcement that I'll probably be talking about more on next week's episode is we're a Pittsburgh podcast, and Thrifty will be doing a show at the Pittsburgh PodCon um, Thrifty will be opening the show at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at Spirit Hall in Lawrenceville, neighborhood of Pittsburgh. And I actually had found out that I was opening the gig 
when it was first posted online. So <laughs> I'm gonna be doing the gig. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be out there. Um, it's gonna have I'm gonna have a special thrift haul. I'm thinking I haven't planned yet, but as the weeks uh, come closer to that date. Uh, you'll be more aware of what will be on the show because then I will hopefully be aware at that time. But that's September 30th, a, a Sunday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, a live episode from Spirit Hall in Pittsburgh. Yeah, we'll have some more details on that soon, but mm-hmm. should be fun. Going to start off the night with the big hits. The big hits right off the bat. Um, but you could hit us up on our dirt sheet at Thrifty Podcast that Josh usually runs, and I run sometimes. I've been slacking lately. That's okay. It's part of the dirt sheet style. Yeah. Just put whatever you want to do. Well, there's only so much dirt to shovel. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Thrifty Podcast on Facebook. Give us a like. The live stream video that we did from Sorgatron Media with Mr. Arm from Trundle Manor is up on that so if you didn't watch live you could either a download last week's episode or b hop onto thrifty podcast on facebook watch the live stream it's about an hour long a lot of spooky finds a lot of thrills and chills and as you know as october is coming up we're going to be uh, heading back into halloween episodes sooner than later yeah and trundle manor if you haven't ever visited a great place to go around spooky season Lots of cool items to check out there. Mm -hmm. And you know what time it is. If it's Halloween time, I'm not going to do it now, but my vampire voice will be back. I cannot wait for ghost voice. Maybe some new music coming out. Sure, sure, Halloween's always the best time of year, but especially around Thrifty Podcast. Absolutely around Thrifty Podcast. And for those who don't agree, there's only really one other option for you, and that's to get roached.